Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. We're in the split studio. <laughs> I know. So I'm so bummed. I was we were supposed to be in person today. Yes. Jill but, uh, was driving from LA to Vegas this morning. And then what happened? And then um, my AC broke and I was about halfway and it was like a hundred something degrees out. And I had my dog with me. You know me. I would have just like sweated out and, and made the run, but Pip has a lot of fur and she was already like panting and I was freaking out. So dog mom stuff. So anyway, I got her this <laughs> huge dog. bag of ice from a gas station and had her like laying on it. Aww. And then I, Danny, I was texting with Danny and she was like, it's like 120 degrees here. It's going to be so hot by the time you get here. And we were already yeah. like sweating and she was like dying. So we turned yeah. around, unfortunately, but we were supposed to be doing it in person. But you know what? We're doing it virtually and we're going to make yep. it work. We're going to make it work. Damn it. We are. Uh no, it was a wise decision. It is a million degrees in Las Vegas and any, whatever temperature it is outside in the car, just add 10 to 20 degrees because it's, it like just gets hotter in the car and you have a black car. So it wasn't yeah. ideal. And I don't want a dead dog. We need Pip to be alive. For no. Oh my gosh. I was like freaking the fuck out the entire time, like staring at her, like Aww. looking at her chest. Like, is it, is she breathing? <laughs> <laughs> but we made it and she's doing okay. And uh, yeah. So yeah, we're here, but um, we'll, we'll try again next time. This actually kind, I mean, this kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today. It's we want to talk about strategies to pull yourself out of a bad mood or negative mindset, which I mean, I guess we're pretty chill. We, we didn't like go all the way downhill with this, but could have, could have ruined our day. <laughs> no, and I think most people, including us, like where we some like one thing can happen and then it just like blows your entire day oh right like i don't know whether it's traffic or whether it's the weather or whether it, i mean something it'd be something so small like that but it can also be something really big too and so you know i think first asking yourself like how susceptible are you to we've talked about this a little bit like how i don't know what's the word maybe emotionally resilient are you mm. are you someone who like the smallest things are really upsetting we did, uh, I think we did an episode on like drama queens and yep. it was like, okay, I think the degree to which you get really upset about really like something small, like your drink spills or, you know, like something happens like with your car. I mean, you know, so I think you can be someone who takes things really personally and it changes your entire day or you can yeah. be like, ah, this is life. So at like a high level, asking yeah. yourself like what level of emotional resiliency do you have? But then also all of us get to that point where- we just want to be a victim sometimes. And we just want to live in the bad and complain a little bit. That's true. There's a, I just remembered that book that was so popular. It's probably a New York Times bestseller, The Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Oh, yeah. And, um, I, you know, this kind of reminds me of that. It's just like what, what we can control and things we complain about or get upset about and that turn us into a bad mood. And I, I actually posted this. I meant to tell you about this too. I posted this the other day on my Instagram story. So 
my boyfriend during quarantine, he started like teaching himself how to do the Shopify store. And so I've become like customer service. And also, by the way, if you've bought from it and it says Gina, like that's me, I call myself Gina, the customer service. <laughs> I have like a little fake customer service name, but I got this, this customer. So it's, we do these drawings, these Simpson drawings, people put in, send us a photo. We hire an artist to do a Simpsonized cartoon version of the photo. And then we send it back and I always say, here's your order, hope you enjoy. If there's any revisions, please let us know. We wanna fit your vision as best as possible. And this guy wrote back like, this is horrible. I look like a fat ass and I have no beard. Like he was so pissed. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, first off, it's a drawing, not a tattoo. Like we can change it. And, and during the same day, I just happened to talk to two other business owners who said they've just been seeing a higher level of people getting really angry lately. Mm. And nor normal customers who are generally kind, you know, being really upset about not having times available for them and just kind of overreacting. And I think it's just the, the stress of everything going on with 2020. And I think people are at this heightened level of, I don't know, just irritation or something. So anyway, I shared it on my story. And um, you know, on one hand, I thought about it thinking like, am I just adding to this by sharing it? But I also feel like people need to see, you know, we could chill the fuck out, honestly, right? Like, especially something this little. I was like, okay, this, this is a drawing. You don't need to like virtually scream through the email that it's terrible. And like, we'll do our best to take it back and try again, you know? And so I just find it really fascinating that sometimes people can make something so huge out of something so small, like just that example, like it's a drawing, it's not a tattoo on your skin for the rest of your life. That's, and, and then I showed the picture too. I was like, to be honest, I thought it looked pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> is like the, is the word easygoing or something that we're thinking? I think also when people write into customer service, I think yeah. that they already have an idea they're getting ripped off. I think everyone always feels a little bit on heightened alert, not because not your business, but like just yeah. in general, they all, like, I think they are constantly thinking they might get ripped off. So they come into the customer service conversation with that in mind when yeah. you're like, okay, but we don't like, we want you to have what you want too. That's better for us too. Yeah. So I think that they always are on edge anyway. Yeah. And I think that could be, I think that could be, I think a lot of people are on edge lately. And so I do yeah. want to talk about this because people are on edge a lot more lately, um, sure. getting thrown off. I mean, we just can't make great plans in 2020 as evidence 2020. And, you know, I was chatting with a friend who does events and she had an event in May had to cancel it due to COVID, of course, pushed it back to November, has had to cancel it again. So she sent out an email saying, hey guys, like this is what we're doing. Um, she can't give refunds because she already put massive deposits on these event yep. spaces and they're not giving her refunds. Right. So she said, you know, your ticket is good for the next three years. So if you can't make it to our next one, you could go to anyone for three years or it's transferable. You could sell it to someone else. So long story short, she's got these people who are so pissed. They are calling her a scammer and they're saying you're ripping people off. And so they went about going to every social media thing that she had, writing nasty comments, mm. writing about karma going to get her, leaving bad reviews on Google, bad reviews on her pages, and just going out of their way to like defame her character. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure she just decided, hey, I'm going to throw a big event, take everyone's money, and then there's going to be a pandemic and I'm just going to take it and go, <laughs> you know? So it's just, it's crazy to me that people are reacting so nasty and coming at this and just like they're, and they're valid. I understand their anger. Like 
sure, they wanted to go to this event. It's a lot of money they paid. They want their money back. They're struggling as well. All valid. But at the same time, like, why are we being so, why are we letting this just turn us into nasty people and have these horrible moods? So I wanted to give some strategies. And actually, one of the things that I was writing down to pull myself out of a bad mood was the first one was talk to a friend. And I feel like Jill knows this. If I'm going through something she's generally the first person I call so I can like vent or process or just like, or even sometimes just get validation. Like I'm right about being mad about this, right? I think sometimes we are looking for that. And maybe that's why I posted the, the, um, the guy's email on social media. I just want to be like, am I crazy for thinking he's overreacting? But sometimes we just need that. So I think talking to a friend is one of the first things you could do. It's like just getting someone to hear us out before maybe we go blowing it off on the internet. Yeah, no, I wrote that down too. You know, it's funny you said that a lot of people are on edge right now because I seriously have probably walked by in the last like two months at least three almost public altercations. Like, so I live near the beach and everyone's on high alert because everyone wants to be at the beach, but then there's a lot of people there. So there's mat, you have to be wearing face masks at all times. Like some, so I literally like, I've seen people yell at other people for not wearing masks in public. Like I've been in the middle. I was like, am I going to have to like break up these two grown men who were like almost literally getting in a fight over a mask? One didn't have a dog on a leash and that was a thing. So it's funny that you say that, but I feel like this environment is making us all just on high alert Mm -hmm. and we want to start policing everybody. You know, like this person should be wearing a mask and this person should, you know, give me their refund. And like, it's so hard. Luckily I've had, well, not luckily I've had to cancel, but I have had to postpone several live events. And so far everyone has been super chill. I think mostly because they are also business owners and they get Mm -hmm. that like, Hey, obviously this isn't what I want to be doing, but I also need to make the right decision for safety and, and for the most people to be able to come actually and enjoy the event and whatever. And everyone's been pretty chill, but man, I mean, I know that your friend is doing it on a much bigger scale than me and as a higher ticket and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's hard. So I think, you know, yes, talk to your girlfriend to get validation. I think that's huge. And the second is like asking yourself, can I see it from their perspective? Mm -hmm. I think that's really big too. So if you are upset about something, can you, instead of making the assumption that like this person's trying to steal your money or whatever in that instance you were talking about, can you instead go, okay, I can see it from their perspective. Like obviously they're a business owner. They're taking some risk here. You know, I'm sure they don't want to rip me off. I'm sure they do want to have the event. And I think if we can start to see things from the other person's perspective, we might still want to get our money back. We might still have a gripe. But I think the first thing is giving them the benefit of the doubt and being empathetic if you can. And it's not to say that like, I think it's valid to be, so actually the first thing I wrote was like, actually be mad, be disappointed, be angry, be sad, like punch a wall, like whatever you need to do. I think it's really important to like validate and just own the emotions first and foremost. I don't think that the idea that you can like just repress them, but then also realize that that response is in your control. Right. Mm-hmm. So first thing is like, you know, gut, gut wrench, like first thing is I'm mad, I'm pissed and whatever. And I've certainly had many moments like that over the last few months and then go, cool. Like, what do I, how do I actually want to feel moment to moment? And I think that's where like you can decide what emotion to stay in. So I think it's okay to get triggered. It's not okay to get hooked. Oh, I like that. I really like that. Um, I, I like that. And I feel like there we do need to acknowledge that it's okay to be angry, to feel the feelings. And it's like you said, just to stay there or to take it out on every single person around you. Cause they just happen to be standing near you. That's not, 
it's not okay. And like there everyone's comes- dealing with some shit, right? Like how many yeah. moms do you know who are like now have to be fucking homeschooling their children or, you know, have to get tablets for multiple children? Like there's so many obstacles right now. So I, I try to see it like, okay, no matter who you are, you're dealing with something that's really uncomfortable. Like collectively, we are overwhelmed right now. Collectively, we are stressed the fuck out. Collectively, anxiety is at high. So I think if we can realize that we don't really have it worse off than someone else, like they have some shit that they're struggling with too. So like, I forget what that mantra is, but it's like never, it's always like someone's always dealing with something. So Mm -hmm. realize that everyone is on some level struggling with what's going on with the pandemic. And I think no matter what situation you're in, sure, we can talk about different like levels of anxiety and levels of victimhood, but I also think that everyone's affected. So realizing that it's like, okay, like everyone's trying to figure out how they're going to proceed. I agree. I love that. And like seeing, seeing it from other people's perspective too. So how I responded back to that email, which what I wanted to do and what I did do were two different things. I wanted to be like, screw you. It looks better. Than, but I said, you know, I, I was like, okay, so you would like your face to look slimmer. You want your beard. Is there anything else we can help you to make this look, you know, perfect for you? You know, I'm sorry, you're disappointed and we're going to make sure it works. You know, I, and I could see, you know, somebody spent money, maybe he, got this as a gift and he wanted it to be perfect. And so I was like trying to see it from his side and going, okay, here's what he's trying to verbalize that he wants it to be. And I'm like, if you can help me help our artists make it better, we'll do it for you. And so of course I responded with kindness, but I wanted to share it to make the point that we, like a lot of us are just lashing out and we need to just be, be aware. Um, One of the things I put next was was to watch comedy or something funny. So this is kind of, this is kind of silly, but when I was going through, after finding out about my ex's affair, I cried for days. I mean, and hours, I felt like there were days I didn't sleep. And I felt like literally I probably cried for like 23 hours straight. And I remember just the time, like I was saying, I was just so tired of crying. I wanted to just laugh. And that was when I found Ali Wong on Netflix and I turned her on and for an hour and a half, I was just able to like forget and just shift my mood from by laughing. And it was just such a, like a moment of peace for me to just get, get out of that mood that I was in. And it's something I even do today, even, but which much, much smaller, but just like putting on something funny to make me laugh and kind of distract me from what I'm angry about. And then when I come back to whatever I'm upset about, often it just seems a little sillier, like, okay, maybe that wasn't such a big deal. And so I try to find laughter when I can. Yeah. I love that you said that. And I also, it kind of reminded me of coming, like coming back to something after sleeping on it. I think that's, Mm. for me, that is definitely one of them. Um, I think sometimes when we're at like a heightened emotional state, we feel like in order to get back into control or to feel like we're in control, we want to like do something right away. Uh, We want to like make a choice. We want to send an email. We want to like just be back in our power. We want to like, we want to get rid of that feeling of anxiety or uncertainty. And I have found the practice of like just sitting in the discomfort and like letting the issue breathe for 24 hours actually helps me quite a bit. I come back to it. I'm like, okay, it's actually not as serious as I thought it was. Or it's actually like, okay, there actually are some workarounds here, or there actually are some solutions to this, or actually there might be something I could learn here. So for me, I love um, Marie Forleo. Her thing is, oh, the 24 hour rule. So with customer service, especially is like, give yourself 24 hours. Like if you want to write back and it's funny, you mentioned the customer service stuff. Cause um, you guys know Sarah is my assistant and she's, she's way more like, we need to tell this person off. Like she gets really defensive <laughs> for me and I'm like, nope, just tell them thanks for the message and we'll refund them. No issue. You know? And so it's funny, but she's, 
if you're getting that all the time, it can be exhausting. And so pulling away, taking a beat, letting the issue breathe for 24 hours, like literally if you have to, like set the timer on your phone, give yourself 24 hours and then come back to it and see if you have a different perspective. If you don't, that's cool too. But I often feel like I come back to it with like a little bit more perspective. I like that. I actually wrote on mine, take a nap. So I guess sleeping on this is maybe a longer nap, a shorter yep. nap, whatever. But I think I can always come back to something after I go to sleep. I wake up and I'm like, okay, that's whether it's 20 minute nap or just going to bed in the next morning. I, I really like that one. Mm -hmm. um, another one I wrote was to turn on some music, like anything to change your state. I know Tony Robbins talks about this a lot of changing your state and how you feel, but you know, music can do that. I, I tend to forget about this one and it, I was just reminded of it because during quarantine, I don't know, I wasn't listening to like any music. And after we left, we, we drove in the car and turned the radio on. I was like, Oh, I forgot about, I forgot about music <laughs> and how much I could shift my mood by listening to a song that I like singing or, um, you know, maybe even like a crazy ragey song that you get to scream out to. But I think shifting your state somehow, whether that's, watching comedy, putting on some music, um, those kind of things can really help and just get your mind off of it and just help you release some of that, that uh, emotion and energy. Do you ever feel like, like when you were crying for hours and hours and hours over your ex and then you watched comedy, did you ever feel like that laughing was like kind of a betrayal? Like, did you feel like you were betraying your anger? Like, I don't know, that's like a weird way to say it, but oftentimes I feel like I'm like, wait, I forgot about the, the reason why I should be mad, right? Yeah. And, like, and so it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's like what you want, but at the same time, you kind of almost feel like you're betraying that anger that has utility. Does that yeah, make sense? Totally makes sense. I didn't necessarily feel that then, but I did feel that way after one of my friends died. I felt like I was supposed to stay sad for mm -hmm. her and, you know, like laughing or, you know, like talking around or being with friends, like around death it felt like it was like oh we shouldn't be shouldn't be talking like it this. was we making be too light of it or yeah, yeah yeah which is interesting now because I see it differently but I definitely felt that way that gosh we shouldn't be laughing when somebody just died or somebody's sick or something like that and one thing I will never forget and I maybe I've shared this before or maybe I shared it with you but when I had my daughter um my parents made me go to church because they thought the reason I got pregnant was because I didn't go to church enough so um, so of course they thought I needed to make more friends in the church. And as you can imagine, the parents at the church were probably telling their daughters not to hang out with the pregnant girl because they didn't want that to rub off on them. Yeah, so, the, <laughs> yeah. so the only friend that I had was my church like teacher and she was pregnant at the same time as me. She actually had a daughter the day after Courtney was born. So we had daughters at the same time, but her daughter, Emma, passed away um, mm. in a month. She was born with like a hole in her heart and she lived for a month. And so I remember that her name was Michelle and Michelle and I would kind of commiserate in a way of like, we both had lost our baby just in different ways. Um, and I remember going over to her house one day and she was making some kind of a joke. And she, she said with her husband, she was like, sometimes we make dead baby jokes. And I remember being like shocked going, Oh my God. But she was like, well, this is the way we cope. Like we can't be sad about it all the time. So they, you know, I don't know how it was just like, oh, you killed our baby or so I don't even know what it was, but just the idea that something so serious and heavy could be lightened was kind of stuck with me as I got older. Like we can, 
we can make light of a lot of things to take the weight of it off. And I'm not saying like there's things that we should all be making fun of, but if there's a way we can make it lighter, then, you know, I think it's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And you don't yeah. feel like that's like deflecting. It's like, you know, cause we always kind of the person who's like, well, I just like they'll, I don't know, maybe comedians make light of their childhood yeah. pain or something, you know? Well, so it's well, like a combination. I, I mean, it probably is deflecting a little bit, but I would also say this, that, someone else coming in can't make that joke, right? Only the person and the, her husband could talk about it that way. Like if I came in there, I'd be like, N-. it's like you can, I can talk shit about my mom, but like you can't talk shit about my mom right. or, or like yep. I can talk shit about my family, but someone else coming in, they can't talk shit about my family. So yep. I think it's important to know that we're not going to go in and like make fun of somebody else's situation. Like if they want to make fun of it themselves or to, to whatever we need to do, I think sometimes we have to cope the way we have to cope. Yep. And um, I think that's okay, but definitely I would never come in there and make dead baby jokes. That's like, uh, that's like a line I would never cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, you know, it's good. I think it is good to talk about it like that, even if it's in like more of a humorous way. I think the, probably the kiss of death is like just not talking about it, you know, just like mm-hmm. not bringing it up, not talking about it, pretending like it didn't happen. You know, I think um, it was interesting. Um, Keith's dog passed away a couple weeks ago. And it was interesting to see, um, you know, he knew it was going to happen and he, for like weeks leading up to it would get, you know, like teary eyed or, you know, he would, he kind of like knew it was coming. It was interesting to see everyone around like the way that they dealt with it. Like some wanted to just like, like, yes, we knew it was happening, but other people just wanted to like pretend like it was, you know, every other day and like, just, you know, looking at this and like, let's talk about the weather. And I feel like that's even more awkward than just addressing what's happening, you know, like addressing the thing that like is, you know, the elephant in the room. Like it's okay to just like sit here and be sad and like not talk and not like try to just deflect and change the subject. And I think it's like, okay, if like the thing that we're dealing with is the thing in front of us. And I think that takes a level of emotional maturity to like be able to sit in the discomfort of that, of loss or like something that's really serious. And also at the end of the day, like still be able to talk about it talk about the dog like don't pretend it didn't happen like let's you know let's have all the things let's have the pictures up let's have like you know and just and really honor the situation which kind of brings me to my next or like last point about this which is perspective shift and this is always really hard because i think this does take an elevated level of emotional awareness to ask like is there any other way to see this and so if you are automatically and Kelly McGonigal, she's a positive psychology researcher and she kind of talks about the default brain of the human, like the human default brain. Like let's just say you're someone who has never done any personal development work, which if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're interested in personal development. So maybe it's not you, but maybe you know someone in your life who has never picked up a book, has never, you know, done a course, like has zero kind of self-awareness, introspection, not interested at all in that. And a lot of times these people walk through life just being very defensive all the time. They always feel like the world is out to get them, right? So it's this constant feeling like I'm on high alert all the time. I'm, you know, scared that someone's going to take advantage of me. Like, so that's kind of the default brain. And I think most humans, and it's, if you think about it, it actually is a protective mechanism because you're constantly like, I need to make sure that I'm not getting taken advantage of and whatever, but that's like a really... I don't want to say sad way to go through life, but it's a really like high anxiety way to like always think that someone's going to take advantage of you or, and to really be defensive all the time. And so if you can flip that script and ask like, is there another way to see this? And I think giving someone the benefit of the doubt or, or trying to empathize with, you know, putting your, themselves in yourself in their shoes is a good one. 
but also asking like, is this, what's this trying to teach me? Like, is there anything here that I can learn? Like what lesson might this be for me? And then also like, is there anything here to be grateful for? Like, can I learn, can I be stronger as a person for going, for having gone through this? And that's really hard in the moment. We've talked about that before is like, it's hard to like flip the script and be grateful. But I think at the end of the day, whether it's days later or weeks later, I think sometimes looking back and I'll ask you this question, going through what you want with your ex-husband, can you genuinely look back on that now and go, I'm grateful that that happened? Yeah, absolutely. God, could you ever imagine in the moment saying that though? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. But Hell all no. of us have those things in our life, right? Like, you yeah. know, whether it's loss or whether it's, um, you know, different career choice or you, you know, lost a job or you lost someone and you're like, we can all look back and go, you know what? I hated it in the moment but it may be the person I am today. And I, yeah. I love that person and I'm grateful for that. I remember even thinking at the time, and luckily I had gone through enough shitty hard experiences to know that one day I would feel that way, which kind of helped pull me through because I remember thinking everything that I ever thought this is the hardest thing I've ever been through. Looking back, I was like, I'm so glad that happened. This shifted everything for me. That included you know, me getting pregnant, like the hardest thing I ever went through looking back uh, when I was paralyzed, this is the hardest thing I've ever been through looking back. So I remember in that moment thinking, this is the hardest everything I've ever been through. And I was going, shit, one day, I'm like, I don't understand how, but one day I'll look back and think I'm so glad that happened. And I remember in the moment going like, how? <laughs> but it's not for us to know how right then. Um, but it's also we, like not for us to speed up time, which also yeah. sucks. Yes. So it's like we know like a year from now we are going to be more healed. We yeah. all we do know that like things will be better a year from yeah. now. But we're like, okay, why can't it be just a year from now? Like, yeah. Yeah. But I think even having the awareness of going, okay, one day I I will look back in this um there will be some blessings in this and maybe what what are the blessings I can find now? And if I can't now just just sit in it. But I like that. I like just shifting the perspective. Uh I only have really one more thing which is um to do something physical. So again, mm, I don't know, maybe these, are, maybe these are all kind of the same as kind of shifting your state, but take a walk, work out, um, go running, go swimming, <laughs> go punch, punching bags, but nothing like you can break, but just doing something that actually gets physical energy out. Um, because I don't know, oxygen changes your brain so much, like actually even taking like five deep breaths can shift a ton. So I think that when you're exercising, it's making you breathe more, you're getting more oxygen in your brain and you're thinking more clearly. So if you can't do something like that, maybe just do a bunch of squats and like take 10 deep breaths. But I think doing something physical is really powerful. Yeah, me too. I, I had exercise actually on my list too. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. There's something about just like whether it's, and I love the story about you going to that. What was that thing you guys went, you went to and like you beat up the toasters? What was oh that? yeah. Yes. Yeah. In <laughs> City Smash. It was like the smash place where you just break stuff. Yeah. You guys listened to, uh, was it Jen? Jen. Yeah. Doc, Jen Fit. Uh-huh. Jen yeah. Scared. She yeah. was, uh, we had her on an episode and she kind of talked through when she was going through her breakup and there was kind of some betrayal and infidelity in her relationship. And she went and she just like beat the shit out of some stuff. Like I love a refrigerator. It. Yeah. I love <laughs> it. Like, like if appliances. you don't, if you don't want to ruin your own stuff, like look in your city, just type in your city in Google and then like smash. I don't know, probably. <laughs> and did you love it? It was so great. It was so great. I actually was exhausted. I think you get like 15 minutes or 20 minutes or something like that. And I was thinking, oh, that's not enough time. Oh, it was plenty of time. I was so tired. I was like, whoa, this like, I was like shaking afterwards, but it felt good. 
So if you can't go and smash it, you can go to the gym and smash weights. Yeah. And it's kind of, and you can also be exhausted after that too, you there know, you go. and it's not that we need to like just use it as a coping mechanism, but I don't know for me, my mantra is like, whenever I'm going through some heavy shit, pick up some heavy shit. Mm-hmm. Like it helps. Um, and I guess last thing I had on my list was just in, in line with what can I be grateful for? Like, what is this trying to teach me? It's also like, what can I do differently next time? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, like, what can you learn from this? Like what, how can you prevent or maybe handle it better in the future? Like, what is this, what is this teaching me? What do I not, what patterns do I maybe not want to repeat? That's a big one for me. What patterns do I not want to repeat? Um, you know, how can I do things differently? What did I miss here? And obviously, we're talking so general. It can be anything from, you know, the weather outside sucks and my mood sucks, or it can be to like I'm dealing with relationship issues and like I'm pissed all the time. Or so it can be like really small, it can be really big. But at the end of the day, asking like, cool, like how am I showing up now? And uh, that mate like next time might prevent this or how can I handle this better in the future? Like be an investigator, be a little bit of a detective and ask like, okay, like look at your, honestly try to, and it's hard when you feel like you want to be a victim and you want to kind of like blame and complain, look at how maybe you've been showing up, like what maybe boundaries have you not enforced? What, um, you know, ways have you not spoken up? What uh, maybe scary conversations have you opted out of? Um, just all those things, like how could you have, and it's not that we want to prevent it necessarily, but how can we just be more aware moving forward? And I always like to end on just a, a note to get better. And I think we're all here because we want to get better. And so using those situations to like have the awareness and go, okay, what's next? Like, how does this look in the future for me? Mm, right. Love it. I really love these. Um, yeah. We'll so we're never going to get mad ever again. Never. Look at us with all the tools. Yeah, we're so evolved. <laughs> we're super evolved. <laughs> After I call you and like vent to you for an hour, then I'll be evolved. <laughs> you know, that's actually just a point to make is that there is no person out there who is just no. like so evolved and above, you know, like maybe things that used to piss me off don't piss me off anymore, but that doesn't mean nothing gets to me. And that doesn't mean I don't fly off the handle or lose it. Like I just had a situation last night. So like there are times where we overreact and there are times where we take things out of proportion or we act, you know, we say things that our most evolved self wouldn't say or do. And we use all these strategies after, like how can we be better? How can we be better? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So that's a good one. I'm not walking on water and uh, believe no, me, no one we is. all got our ways. <laughs> we do. And we try to be as genuine and honest with you guys as possible. Well, I love it. So if y'all, uh, we need some reviews. I haven't had any while and I'm getting like, I need, I need you guys to leave some reviews because they really make my day. So please, so if you haven't, if you haven't yet, just if you're on iTunes, I, I've seen them on Stitcher and I've seen them on iTunes. I don't know about... Um, I don't know Spotify, about Google Play. Spotify. Yeah, those things. However, if you can leave a review, I would freaking love it. Also, if you haven't checked out the happiness diet, um, yeah. we've had a couple of people pick it up lately and it is a program Jill and I put together. It's actually two programs. Um, both Jill and I wrote programs um, a while back, total mindset stuff, um, relationships, how to prioritize your life, how to like have tools and communication, all the stuff we talk about, just packaged in video format, email format, and you, it's just a self-starting course that you can get at any time if you go to thehappinessdiet.com. So 
No, love that program. And you and I both created these programs separately and put them together. And now they work really well together. Um, this is the only kind of relationship, per, like personal development program I have out actually. So I know that you do lots of with money. I obviously do a lot of stuff with like health and fitness. Um, and this is our only, I think, personal development course. So it if is, you guys actually. are, yeah, if you guys are like listening to the podcast all the time and you just want to go deeper with it, um, the course will provide all of those tools and like examples. I think those are obviously to me, those are always the most helpful is like examples of what this might look like in real time. So if you are someone who is struggling to have some honest conversations or you're struggling with boundaries or you're struggling with like creating a life that you love and we, you know, we get questions in the DM all the time from you guys about, you know, how do I not, move, how do I move forward without regret? How do I own my choices? How do I, you know, have a conversation with my boss? Like it literally breaks down in real time, like how to, like what to say actually, how mm -hmm. to handle this, how to get your mind right for those conversations. So um, go to thehappinessdiet.com, check it all out. Make sure you guys, honestly, like at this point, it's probably going to be increasing in price at some point. It's really robust, but if you are super serious about changing your personal development, self-awareness, introspection, getting better as a human being, it is the only way to get Danny and I's content in that regard. It so, is. Yeah. yeah. Love it. All, All right, right y'all. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye guys.